This is Lola Laracy. You're listening to Lola's super exciting Zoom party. Zoom party is just two people today. Um, I am talking to indie filmmaker Hilton Ariel Ruiz. And that's spelled Hilton like Paris. Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. And you can find them many, many places. Um, Twitter at Hilton Ariel Ruiz. Facebook patreon.com slash Hilton Ariel Ruiz. Please listen to the awesome interview. You're going to find out a lot about any filmmaking and the films and other projects he's done. Thank you. Bye-bye. Please tell me, first of all, do you go by Hilton? Yep, I do. Okay. Um, tell me about growing up, what your background is and all that stuff. Well, I grew up in New York City, um, out here in Lower East Side, Manhattan. Um, my background, I'm a Latin background. Um, my Both of my parents are Latin. Um, so basically, growing here in New York City is pretty amazing. I mean, um, I mean, I guess anybody would know that growing up in the city is just, uh, I would say it's a, it's a benefit. Um, and where I grew up was pretty amazing. Uh, it was a block away from Chinatown, uh, a block away from Little Italy. And I was like smack in the middle of like Lori side and you got a few blocks away from Soho. Um, so it was a, it was a very, very interesting spot where I grew up, um, um, you know, talking about diversity. I mean, you could not get more diverse where I grew up. It was just an, an amazing block, uh, an amazing, you know, um, and, and it was just so really cool because uh, I lived on the block that, I was in the block that actually Williamsburg Bridge and Manhattan Bridge. And you had, you know, you had the B and the D and you had F and the J train. So you had every, it was such a, like a big place where you could just go and take the train, go there, or you could drive and come out. So again, it was just an incredible place uh, um, growing up. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. And I'm, you know, my heart would always belong there. I guess you had the world at your fingertips, huh? Yeah, no, I, I, again, you know, I, I've, uh, me becoming an artist was, uh, um, you know, New York City was definitely um, um, a place where it, it definitely helped out. Um, just, you know, um, the New York moments were constant, you know, just every day, you just could walk out and there was a New York moment and just like, you know, nowhere else in the world you would ever experience it. So it was just uh, taking advantage of that was uh, definitely something that, um you know, uh, definitely helped out. And, uh, so, um, I'm so blessed, uh, even just uh, having those experiences. It shaped you. Now, did you ever get to see films being produced? Was that part of your life growing up? No, I have, I did not. I grew up in a very large family. So I had, uh, it was a very interesting household or, you know, we, we grew up, um, let's say three boys three girls mom dad my aunt you know so we were sort of like the latin brady bunch i would always say you know just like exactly how you saw the brady bunch is exactly how the the setup was uh, i was the youngest one so you know growing up um you know especially in the 80s uh the cheapest way to take all six kids was to the movie theater yeah. right so i mean now is the tickets are very expensive you can't even do that now but we would go to the movies every weekend um, and see any, any movie that was out there. It was just a way just to get everybody out. And it was just a, a good way of just, you know, um, um, a way of, again, you know, not spending so much money. Again, the tickets were so much cheaper than what it is now. And of course, after the movies finished, you could just, you know, it was so much easier to go into another movie theater without paying. And um, that was a very big part of me becoming a filmmaker um, it was very, me again, being the youngest one, we would watch these movies and, um, me, my cousin and my, and, my, and, and my brother, uh, cause like I said, it was three boys, three girls living in, in the house, but the guys, every time we would watch a movie, we would go home and reenact the scenes. Um, you know, of course, you know, this is uh, pre-internet pre, you know, anything. So, you know, you had such a, a much more imaginary, 
uh, mind than, you know, than today, you know, you have to uh, create your moments and create your time, you know, uh, very uh, creatively. Uh, and that was a thing, you know, coming after coming home from the movie theater, we would um, reenact the best scenes of the film. And it was very ironic because uh, it was funny because my since I was the youngest one, I was considered, you know, of course, the brat, the guy, you know, the kid that got everything because he was the youngest one. I got away with murder or whatever. So and another thing, too, you know, the, the youngest one is always the one that was left behind. So we would always when we always reenact the parts, I was out of the mix of re reenacting the scenes so let's say we watch star wars empire strikes back it would be my brother or my um, or, or my cousin would be either luke skywalker or dark vader so there was never a spot or a um um you know an acting position they would give to me because i was that annoying sibling or annoying you know young kid and everything so what they would do just to make me feel happy was to say hey you know what what you can do you could be the director and we would make this box, like this cardboard box and pretend I was the director slash, you know, filmmaker. Uh -huh. And I would just pretend I was this director going around the scenes, looking at them reenacting these cool scenes that we just saw maybe an hour ago in the theater. And it's just so funny how that just grew to something, con you know, every year. And then it's funny because even my, you know, my cousin and my brother would laugh about it and say, wow, isn't that funny that how we used to play that leaving you out being young and it became something that you really became you became this uh, filmmaker and uh that's a pretty cool story you know and, and, and I just always look at that and it's like that that's just how funny you know how how things happen is pretty cool they shaped your future <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is true that is so cool do they do any of the stuff with you do any acting or no anything? no they 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 went on to do their things you know as you know when you get older you try to figure out. I was the youngest one and um um, uh, you know, I, I started, you know, I was still, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't say I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I used to always do these film projects when I was little. And, and it was just, you know, hanging out in the neighborhood and in the hood and, and, and making films with friends. And, you know, and then when I was like 13, 14 years old, my mom surprised me with a, you know, one of those new high eight millimeter, you know, camera, digital, cam not digital cameras, uh, the high take uh, cameras, camcorders. And that was like, wow, that was like the moment that I'm like, wait, well, hey, maybe I can start doing this, you know, and I started doing like these short films with, you know, people in the neighborhood and everything. And it just started to, you know, grow. And then, um, you know, it just, uh, um, I never really took it to a consideration of being a filmmaker until I hit high school. And um, um, there was uh, taking cinema studies. And I was like, this is so perfect. You know, this is uh this is what I want to, you know, take this classes I take and um, taking those classes really, um, I would say, uh, put the nail in the, and then, and where I really wanted to do in my life. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to do because yeah, making the films and, you know, me being a kid making these films were, were so cool and everything, but then learning about the history and, and the cinema and, and, and the, you know, just what went behind it and everything got me more interested. And it's like, you know, there was, there was more, uh, more about filmmaking, just, you know, just picking up the camera and, and doing these films. It was a lot about it, you know, in the history and learning that just definitely wanted me to pursue a career in filmmaking. I saw on a website, you took some like college classes. Did you do any of that? Yes. Yes. I took, um, so it was when I, graduated from high school um I decided to uh go into a trade school out here in New York City which is a very popular trade school now before it just began it was a uh, the NYFA uh, film academy and there I took it and uh it was I, I would have to say it was probably one of the most amazing experiences I uh, and, and again you know going back uh um, I, I was taught all of film before even digital uh, was ever uh, a word or a thing. So I, I that I appreciated because I was like the last of the generation of learning, you know, to shoot on film and how to load and unload and how to uh, cut and splice on a Steenbeck. And, you know, everything was analog. And then a couple of years later, they just started to have, you know, the, these digital cameras started coming out that, you know, everybody never thought it would take over. And eventually it did. So I learned that a lot and I decided to like, 
should I pursue this more? And um, to me, I felt that the, one of the best things that um, I, uh, the course was like a three months, it was two months and it was three months. It was very intensive and it was a great, great experience. And I felt that that experience made me learn and, and I was able to take a, a film camera and make a film myself you know again those days was really hard because it was very expensive you know when you're shooting on super 16 or 16 that time that was that was what the budget was called for going 35 then you're like wow i don't know if i could afford this but i felt that again you know um learning film um is way you know it's different now with digital you know but back then when i was learning film i wanted to learn more about how to use the camera and more of a cinematography style way and I decided to go into learning fine arts uh, photography, black and white photography, street photography, so I could learn more about how film camera works, but in a still, in, in photography wise. So then I commit myself to taking a in, in, um, Queens Park Community College, and there I met, I met my mentor, uh, Jules Allen, which is to me one of the um, greatest photographers. He's still alive. And he taught me everything about, you know, black and white film and, and, and just the camera and how to use the camera. And that aspect made me learn a lot more about because you can take that information and put it into uh, the film camera because it was just the sort of the same sort of, you know, uh, um, technique. Um, of course, what is this? Like uh, I took in the, the you know, I, I um with uh, Jules Allen, who was, like I said, I learned from him in, in Queensboro. Then he had uh, actually told me that I should pursue the uh, filmmaking. Because, uh, he felt that I, I was, uh, I learned a lot from photography and I should take that into uh, filmmaking. So there I transferred to go into uh, the film program at NYU. They were offering um, for like a, a, a film program um, during night. So um, I started taking those courses and everything and there I wanted, you know, to me, I, I just felt I, I wanted to learn a lot more about just everything about film. Um, um, so during that time, learning, um, taking the courses in NYU, I wanted to learn fashion photography. Um, so I was, I was this guy that wanted to learn all different types of elements of, of film and photography. And, um, I, I attended FIT, a fashion Institute of technology to learn fashion photography to learn about electric flash and everything. So taking all that, you know, during this whole time, um, nine 11 happened. Um, and there I found myself, uh, um, just like many's many people and many people, especially in New York City, uh, appalls in life and I just try to figure out. Um, and I, I, I stopped my studies and um, took time off and I decided to like say, hey, you know what? I think I can I know the tools. I can take this what I've learned from all these institutes that I, I attended and um, do my own films, my projects, work behind the scenes, work, film, you know, working uh, with friends and work in any type of job I can get in the industry. And I started and decided to, Hey, you know what? I'm on my own now. I'm going to be an indie filmmaker and make these films that I already know how to do. And I noticed you did have a short about nine 11 therapy. You want to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, um, again, you know, a lot of people, um, during, you know, nine 11, um, you know, a lot of people took it different ways of how to handle it. Um, and I felt that um, a way that I could handle it as an artist was to make a film about it. Um, you know, I, I live nearly like a, less than a, a mile from the World Trade Center. Um, you know, I had to leave the area of the uh, because of the, the smoke and, you know, it was just not safe. And so, you know, uh, you know, I was able to come back and forth, but you had to, you know, of course, show your, um, your ID, your, your driver's license to uh, where the police would allow you to, to come out of a certain area if it was below 14th Street or Center Street. So me having an ID, it was, you know, I had to go back and forth to get some of my stuff and then head back out to uh, uh, Queens where, you know, I was, I was staying with family and stuff like that. And meanwhile, I was there and um, 
I was like, hey, you know, I, I really would love to do a film um, about 9-11. And it just kept on coming to my mind and just didn't know how to pull the trigger, you know, and everybody was still in this sort of like, you know, sad state. And uh, there I, I came out with this idea um, about a... Uh, um, about someone who uh, a, a loved one, uh, someone that lost their loved one in one of the towers, and how he was able to handle it, and how he had to go through therapy to basically, um, you know, get over the tragedy of nine eleven. And there he mingled with people from the therapy class where they also had loved ones that were lost. And there he had friends and how he mingled in a. It's a very um, special that that film has a very special place in my heart. Um, I, I'm, I I think it's one of my uh, uh, many of the shorts that I've done. Um, one of my favorites, uh, and and really means a lot. Um, so I when I wrote this script, you know, um, I wrote it for one person in mind, and this was a uh, a fellow, a really good friend of mine that was running this Latin organization in downtown Manhattan. And he and I give him a lot of credit that a lot of people. You know, during, you know, this time, um, you know, 2002, 2003, you know, he was uh, one of the first people that would had this theater and acting classes and he was helping uh, independent Latin voices to get their voices heard in theater and film and everything. And he was pretty known like to the Latin community, you know, he wasn't his big star, but he amazed us, uh, us being Latin that we saw him, you know, work in a film with Harrison Ford and had a really big part in the film. And he's done other stuff with like Nicole Kim. And, and, you know, they were, they were in like really big parts, but they were very like decent parts to see another person, you know, Latin background seem like, wow, he can do it. We can do it. And we got to know each other because of, uh, we were neighbors. And one day I told him, I want you to do a film of mine. And one day I'm going to have a film. So I wrote it for him and I was really nervous when I approached him um about the story um and he loved it because it had to do with the whole 9-11 whole um story so I released it uh, I think around 2004 2005 and you know uh it, I, again it was really special because when um when I screened it I screened it around the Tribeca area which is like a couple blocks from um the world trade and um at that time we had like 30 films and my film was like the only film that really was based on 9-11 and I just remember to this day, I remember it was just goosebumps because I was the only film that everyone had like a standing ovation. And I was, that was, a, that was like a big moment. Like, wow. You know, I knew that the film was very special for that. And so what happened was, you know, time goes by, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't sort of, there was that much outlets to get projects to be out here. Like now, like in streaming services. So during this whole pandemic, right. Which, which is really interesting for one pande- pandemic to another. So, you know, 9-11 to me was sort of a pandemic and we got through it as a country and everything. We, you know, we got over it. And then now we had the COVID pandemic and, you know, here with everybody else trying to figure out what we're going to do in our life. And, you know, we were all home figuring out how to clean our homes and do things. And I was cleaning my, you know, my storage and room and, and uh, there I found the project. And I'm like, wow, you know, because I've done so many other projects and I put it back on. I haven't seen it in years. And here I am, you know, trying to, you know, kill time during the pandemic. And I watched the film and I said, wow, the film still moves me. It's still sort of, you know, has a special, like, you know, moment that every time I see it, I go, wow, it really hits you there in your heart. And um, I call my editor and I'm like, hey, listen, remember that, pro-? you know, I still work with my editor for years. So they were on a project we did years ago. I said, look, I'm thinking about taking it out, but I think we need to like fix some of the things in the very beginning to show, you know, add some more images of the building and blah, blah, blah. So we did it and we decided to take it out for distribution. And, and, um, and now it's in distribution mix. You know, there's a couple of places and uh, Plex TV uh, accepted it. And it was like another streaming services like 2B and Amazon and all that. And it's for free. People can watch it. And I'm really happy. I'm really happy. And I, I would say if we haven't had COVID, I would have never released the film, but I'm so proud of the project. And I'm so happy that the time that I used was very useful to find this back in my storage and bring it out. And, you know, I really love the story. I don't want to give the whole ending. I think it's a huge surprise at the ending. And, and if you haven't seen it, I would love for you to watch it. Um, but the ending is a very, very um, special. 
All right. And now you've also, you've been in a book, right? Some kind of photography book or something? Or yes, I, I've, I've uh, released oh, a photo book from Powerhouse, which was distributed by Random House Books. Um, it was a photo book that I produced where uh, a famous photographer of uh, named Bill Butterworth has taken photographs during 40 deuce, 42nd Street times during the early 80s. Um, and I was able to coordinate that whole uh, project by producing it and taking it out and working with the distribution powerhouse. And I'm one of the uh, um, head uh, coordinating of that whole project. Uh, so, yes, uh, it became uh, my book, uh, releasing it out. Um, and, you know, it's a really uh, crazy, uh, um, nostalgic, uh, you know, back to the past of seeing what uh, New York City used to be before, you know, the Disney came in and the whole corporate America took over <laughs> Times Square. So it's a great uh, uh, a piece of history uh, looking at those photographs. Um, so it's, it's called the, the 40 Deuce Times Square photographs from 1983 to 1984. Um, and photographs by the Bill Butterworth. That is super cool. Most people yeah, only have one thing, like you either do a book or you do a film and your photography. So far, you got three, maybe more things going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you as, as you know, I, I, um, yeah, I was blessed. I was, like I said, a very, very, um, very fortunate to um, be able to, um, you know get these things going and as time goes by you know i think back i'm like oh wow you know it's like i can't even really believe it that that you know i had released that and done things like that and it, you know it's really it's really um it's really a blessing okay now the thing that i know is zombie with a shotgun and that yes. started off with um web series is that right correct so um very interesting uh when i <clears throat> When again, you know, when you look back at things, you start to say to yourself, "Oh my God, like how did that whole thing, you know, just happened?" <clears throat> and <clears throat> sorry, Zombie with a Shotgun is is one of those projects that just like how did that happen? And um, so, so, just to go back, um, I decided to do a um, uh, a web series and and let me tell you it's pretty interesting uh not a lot of people know this and i try to tell like young filmmakers that you know things some you know it just things just don't happen overnight and they do you're very lucky and and just people don't realize that when i did this web series it was 2012 next year would be 10 years that i released a web series from zombie with a shotgun that's even shocking for me to say how time flies and how sticking with one thing um, is, you know, it can be a very rewarding and positive thing because the thing is just getting, you know, much more popular as time goes by. And, you know, here we are, think, uh, going for a sequel. So let's go, uh, you know, rewind back to 2012. Um, I did a web series. During that time, you know, web series started to be the thing to show your work as the internet started getting popular. And how can you showcase your work in sort of like in a mini sort of, uh, series uh, and it was this was like another tool another way to get your work out there and possibly you know producers and executives can see and concept through a web series to possibly even grow it into a major series or a motion picture featured film um, so I'm not gonna lie to you I, I did not I wasn't, you know, aiming to like do this web series to say, I'm going to make this into a major project and everything. My thing was just to have it as uh, work to help me, you know, uh, get to the next project, um, uh, you know, my next script or my next idea by saying, by somebody looking at it and saying, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. I love his work. Let's put, let's put some money on his next project. So during the web series, uh, the very first episode went viral. Now, I've never, ever witnessed experience viral in my whole entire life. And this was the first time that I've experienced viral. And I've started getting hundreds of calls of hundreds of DMs and people saying, oh, my God, this is a where can I see this? And, and I even got even like uh, studios contacting me thinking that I had done this wasn't a web series. They thought it was a real television series that I produced and I put it together and it was a trailer and people wanted to buy it. They wanted to see it. But because web series are so new, people were not really 
no, it was like web series. What do you mean by that? But it was like a four or five minute web series. We did five episodes and it got really popular. Um, and what happened was um, I went off to do other things. I did the f- five episodes. We've gotten so much press uh, and it was just amazing. And I said, let me just go on to the next thing. And every time I did something, it always came back to like, the fans that kept on saying, where is Zombie with a shotgun? We want more Zombie with a shotgun. We want more Zombie with a shotgun. And here I am, never in my whole entire life would ever think that I would ever do a zombie project and be as popular as it is at an indie level. So my social media kept growing and going and going and going. So at the same time, you're meeting so many wonderful people. And I met this artist, Simone Gulimini, who is very uh, an amazing, very popular comic book artist who does for Titan Image. He's done very popular lines. And here's this guy that just pro, you know, contacts me and says, I love your web series. I love the concept. Let's do something together. And here I am like, oh, shit, you know, like, wow. All right, let's do a comic. So we worked together. I did the story. He loved it. He did the first issue. And then he put one of his other artists to do the next four issues and there we are. We did five issues of comic book. And uh, it was also amazing because I was able to learn the comic book world and learn so much about it, and learn how to do it and how to just get everything together. And, you know, if, you know, it, it was a learning process, but we was able to do it. And I think we did it very successful and a very, in, again, an indie level. Uh, you know, there was no backing or anything. We just raised money here and there and money out of pocket and a lot of like hard work that basically people, a lot of people worked for free. It was just an amazing experience. And it was that itself. We, me and the artist Simona felt like, hey, let's use this as a uh, a thing of uh, cross promotion. You promote me in your social media since you have big numbers and I'll draw something every single day. And that's how the social media of my page started growing. So we promoted each other. So as every day he drew something for Zion with a shotgun, I promoted it every day and said, hey, this is the artist behind the Zombie with a shotgun comic book. Here it goes. And people started going crazy. And at the same time, I put the uh, clips of the episodes. And here we are. Comic book, web series, went viral, people going crazy. So the next thing is, hey, when's the movie? Um, so again, this doesn't take overnight with trying to figure out who's the right person to pick in as a producer and executive producer. And let me tell you, I've contacted them all. I've contacted many of the producers, many of the people of the horror world. And let me tell you, I could have a popular web series. I, have a, I could have a comic book. I could have the most amazing art poster and everything. It was very hard. Uh, it mainly a lot of the questions was how much money you have. And then we could put money in there. So it was like, basically, you know, it was, it was like, here we go again. Uh, I have all these uh, sort of um, elements that make this uh, no brainer to put out there as somebody to come in and put money in. And I'm happy that nobody did because at the end of the day, you know, yes, people were wanted to come in, but the people that wanted to come in wanted to take the whole thing out of my hands and basically say, you know, and I always use this analogy of like, they want to take the whole farm and just give me a cow or a pig and say, thank you so much for your farm, but here, we're going to give you this and see you later. Uh, and, and I wasn't going for it. You know, there was times that I was saying to myself, no, I, I want to work with you guys. I want to be part of it. I, I've created this and I put so much energy and, 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 and you know, and um, thought into it. And, and the reason why the project was popular is because I was the guy behind it. And now I'm going to give it to you guys and you guys are making it seem like you are the guys who made it popular, where I feel like the main reason why it's popular is because of the indie style and level that I have put it into, you know, uh, there was nobody that's like not even a B actor that's in the film, you know, or semi-famous or anything. I put everybody as indie actors, raw actors, raw talent, very, very indie. And, um, I was like, you know, I, I just can't do that. I just want to work with you guys. But no one wanted it. You know, it was always like, no, you know, we want to take it over. I said, let me, you know what? It's okay. I went to campaigns. Um, you know, I met another producer, Kyle Hester, who's one of the actors in the film. And we decided to, hey, let's work together. Let's raise this money. We raised money. We didn't raise that much money, but we raised money enough to basically me, with all the experience since I was a little kid, 
watching these movies in the movie theater and, you know, from watching movies from Times Square and all these movies and just short projects. Here I am. I'm going to use this money. And I think that I'm able to do what I can do very great with the knowledge that I have for all these years. I can do this. Um, and with the little money that we did, I did it. Uh, it was really hard uh, because we didn't raise that much money in the very first time around. Um, we shot in 2016. We shot for two weeks, ran out of money. We had to raise like three or four more campaigns. And finally, 2019 of November 28th, we released it to Amazon and all the other streaming servers like Google, YouTube, and Tubi and all that stuff. And um, unfortunately, three months later, the <laughs> pandemic happened, closed out everything. We weren't able to go to no conventions, no nothing. So here we are, you know, three months you know, go, I've decided like, wow, what are we going to do? You know, it's not still not the same. The conventions are still not the same. I've released a short film called Clans Rules. That was something for me to feel like, okay, I need to get back into this. Um, it was a 23 short film, very successful. Uh, it's in distribution. Tubi's also playing it for free in other places also, but Tubi's the best outlet for it. Me and the producers decided to, hey, look, let's do a Patreon page. Let's see how people will come out because, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of money. And just two months ago, we released a Patreon page, basically telling people that we're going to do the sequel to Zombie with a Shotgun. And if you join the Patreon page, this will help us to, you know, make the sequel. And that's where we're at. Okay. Yeah, Tubi's my best friend, by the way. I've been watching Dude, it on Tubi all the time. It's the best. Tubi's great. I don't mind the commercials. I don't Did you get the most... You things you would never see anywhere else. I mean, I just sit there and I'll scroll through and it's gotten to the point where I've like started accidentally replaying movies I've already seen because I've reached the end basically. Yeah. Dang. So, but yeah, Tubi, Plex. I, I watched um, Therapy on Plex. So I do, I watched that. Um, I love Thank all that. You. I think you should, you should hit up Shudder. Have you ever thought about Shudder? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a sort of complicated uh, watch. I haven't really figured out the of um, so because, you know, I, I do have some lasagna shopping is through a distribution company. So that one I can't really like go out and um, I mean, even, even though I do. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how shutter really works. I know it's cause it is, it is affiliated with Amazon definitely would be a great place. I mean, I would love to have shutter. I mean, we, it's funny because the shutter and my, um, uh, social media, we do follow each other and everything. So I, they, they do know about the project cause you know, there's not a lot of people they do follow in certain certain films they follow and zombie shotgun is one of them. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to, I mean, um, again, I don't know um you know how to get to that outlet uh who who do you know it's you know these days um yeah i mean it would be awesome uh, i i'm pretty sure that one day the one of the projects that i have will uh, one of the horror element projects that i have would end up there one day and, and that would be cool yeah i don't that's one of the ones i don't have that's on my bucket list cuz i've got amazon i've got hulu though i forgot the password a while ago so i really don't have hulu <laughs> um and netflix and amazon prime so hulu's on my bucket list list i just have to find a better paying job before i can do that <laughs> yeah yeah i have hulu I, I i mean i use hulu because they have the disney disney comes with the package yeah so it comes with it um but i'm mostly you know, like i'm basically you know, I, I i think um you know i think amazon and and, and netflix said uh are the only are, are what you really need um I mean, that's my opinion. You know, I, I don't see myself watching Hulu like that much, like very, very rare. And even the Disney Channel, because, you know, the Disney Channel, I've watched mostly all those films already. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a preference. So um, tell me what what changed between the web series and the first movie? Obviously, I'm sure you added stuff. You fleshed it out. The, what, what about the cgi and stuff or, or in, in, well we, we yeah we whatever. we use well of course definitely flushing it out and and again we we use you know the the special effects we used uh um we went you know with the special effects we definitely went um you know organic 
Um, we didn't have that budget to go CGI and everything. Um, so we very went organic on everything. Um, the story was is very more origins of, of, of the beginning of Zombie with a Shotgun. But unfortunately, we ran out of money where at the very end, that's what we let, we decided to let go of. This is how it's going to end. So it gives that to be continued um, cliffhanger. Uh, so um, we, we promised the fans and the audience that when Zombie with a Shotgun was going to begin the sequel, it would start off how the end of the farce one uh, ended, where he's a fully zombie, uh, where the police is after him. Um, and it's definitely really cool uh, start off for a sequel. Um, I'm very looking forward to it. Uh, you know, indie filmmaking. Um, you know, a lot of people tell me I'm crazy doing it, but it's it's a lot of work. But uh, I'm going to get it done. Now, how many roles do you have besides director? I mean, are you also editor, cinematographer, or do you have other people for that? No, no. So I'm most. I, um, I have my own editor. But the editing whole thing is that um, you know it's. Uh, um, uh i have my editor that i've been working for so many years I, I trust them with a lot of stuff so it's very hard to get that a relationship with an editor so a lot of times i really trust my editor i'll give him the script give him the film and i basically would tell him hey look give me the script version and give me your version um and we you know um i'm not that guy that's gonna be on your ass behind you and saying this should go here and this should go there. Right. Because it's already in the script. Right. So it's just kind of the way it is in the script. Um, and um, so I feel like, you know, when I'll give him six weeks and then I'll be that guy, let's watch what we did and let's go through the takes, blah, blah, blah. And then we go through it that way. Um, and we sort of, most of the times um, um, mutually agree on a lot of things where some of his version and the, and the script versions combine together and we do certain, certain things like that. I do get a DP, a cinematographer for the films. It's very hard, you know, and, you know, we, and, and me, my job is just basically just directing actors with the writing and producing and casting and just mainly the producing element of it, just making sure that I've gotten everybody who's on, you know, on set and everything. As a, you know, of course, this is indie style. So a lot of it is um, <clears throat> I'm very, very in control of what is going on with everything. Um, and, um, and, 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 and <laughs> unfortunately there's no choice you have to you know what i mean because of uh the budget wise and everything so um yeah those are those are my responsibilities and i do leave the other responsibilities to those other guys so at least you don't have like you know single guy does everything that would be too much yeah 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 i i leave that like the editing would be too much work for me and it's uh, very tedious for me and I, and I think that it would take a lot out of um me trying to do other things because you know i'm always i'm always jumping on the next project so for me to like start editing my own project and doing this it would take a lot out of it you can't take move a lot on to it. the next thing at that point. no you can't yeah that's the thing too and I, I know a lot of guys do it you know to each is their own um you know they I even get a lot of guys even tell me like oh you should you should edit your own project you're crazy and i was like you look man you know again everyone's different i have a really good relationship with my editor and i, I believe uh um you know an editor uh, definitely brings uh, a whole element especially a true uh, uh, an editor an editor that does it for a living not a friend that just you know nine to five job and he comes home and he does it for a hobby you know my editor this is what he does for a living he edits so much films that he knows how to uh initiate a uh a problem or how to fix a a, a situation better than myself that way you recognize the talent and the skills of someone else because not one person is going to have all of the talent and all the skills yeah and a lot of times the editor is a guy that comes in and basically says i can show you another way that this story could be and that option is very valuable because you're like oh wow i never saw it that way because of his skill and his talent that he's done for so many years it's good to have a, a second or third pair of eyes absolutely so um you said you wrote the, the web series and movie also? Yes. Where did the inspiration come from? Inspirate, I mean, I always wanted to do a point of view of a love story about a guy, a zombie, 
Um, and my whole thing was a zombie that was, why don't we never see the story of a zombie? Why do everyone is scared of a zombie? Why does everybody want to kill a zombie? And it's sort of the same reason of like, if you're sick, is the world going to kill you? And it's, it's just weird, you know, like, and I use a lot of the inspiration during the 80s HIV and AIDS pandemic where people were so afraid of people with this. And I get it. It was so new. People were scared to catch this deadly disease. But yet, you know, it's like, do we kill those people because they're sick or are we going to help them? And if we, if you ever think about it in zombies, we just kill them, yeah. you, know, you know, you know, so. And, and so I wanted to do that love story about somebody that's, that has this disease that, you know, he's just, just like everybody else, but he's just sick. And, you know, and that's how I had in the very beginning of the film, you know, you start to see this guy's a normal guy. He's just getting sick and, and, and we're just going to throw him off. Society is just basically going to get him off and use him for his sickness. Like how they did with the pharmaceutical, with the HIV slash AIDS and everything. And, you know, the story has a lot of its generic stories that we have, we've seen in other uh, um, zombie films. And, but you know, that, that was a lot more inspiration. And, and plus, you know, me shooting the film in New York city was just amazing too. You know, it's just, it definitely, uh, not a lot of zombie indie films are shot, like, you know, the way we, you know, uh, we did it with zombie with Shaka where a whole different sort of spin off on it. And yeah, that, that was basically, and, and again, that comes back around to what I was telling you, you know, becoming, um, this artist that was definitely true inspiration from being from New York city. And I think that was a, a big key. It paid off. All right, so um, I think you deserve a spot in the Horror Hall of Fame. That, <laughs> that um, the head and spine scene, that like yes. surprised me. Who would I deal with that? Oh my God. You know, it's so, it, that was very last minute. And I have to say the idea um, actually came from the actor. Okay. Uh, uh, Braden, uh, him and I were talking about scenes and everything like that. And he was like, I said, we, you know, so one of my things I was telling him is like, you know, I, we were trying to figure out for special effects of like, if he would like punch somebody, if his hand would go through the body or somewhere like that. But we just didn't have time to get, you know, that, you know, we, then you have to get this special makeup artist, everything. We just didn't have so much time. So he was like, damn it, we just could, uh, it would be so cool if he could rip somebody's spine, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. So I remember when I used to, sh I was shopping through catalogs of trying to figure out props and latex and masks and stuff. I remember seeing a skull spine with, with the spine connected. I said, I should get one of those props and we could bloody it all up and everything. And that's how that whole scene came upon. That like, I almost dropped my laptop. I was like, that's something I've never seen. Yeah, and it was really cool because, like, we, you know, when we first went into the editing room and seeing that scene, a lot of us was like, you know, a lot of the audience may take that as a comedic sort of element of it because, like, here it goes, this guy ripping the thing out and everything. But it it it, it worked very well because the animation came right after it, and it was definitely a really uh, it was a really it was really cool. And and, and the sequel we discussed that we're going to do more of that so you know a lot of the horror fans want that gore stuff and but there wasn't that much in this project and again because of of, of how limited we were with the budget and everything and and again going back to the horror fans that we have come you know we we've told them that you know the next week will will bring that element to you know bring their joy and everything so you know you would have one part one would be sort of the origins of people that was into more of the whole sort of like, you know, origins of the beginning of the story. And then you have the second part would be more of the gore and stuff like that, you know, so I, I can't wait. I want to ask about one more thing and then we'll go more into the sequel. Um, I saw something about a video game. Yes. So that's another thing I forgot to mention. So I had these guys out in Europe creating a video game. So we were creating the video game during the whole pandemic and we were like trying to raise monies for it. Um, it wasn't really a good idea. A lot of, a lot of, um, uh, um, a lot of fans were like, 
not they weren't upset but they you know it was during a rough time to raise money and people just like you know it was not a good time but we are still on it they created like the very base of the video game so we're supposed to go on a meeting in the next couple of weeks of tr- uh enhancing the video game um so that is also on um it's pretty amazing that we do have a video game and um we're going to be working on that because we're trying to elaborate the game even more to get more uh um you know to have the game more of a gameplay um and it is a cool thing uh uh and i think again you know just going back about it and just amazing you know it's uh, uh here i am again telling you that it was 12 years ago we did this uh with a web series to a comic book to a feature and a game um and there's not a lot of uh indie filmmakers that can say that they've done that with one project uh, again it goes back to uh you know being blessed about it being fortunate about it and i think also has to be about being a team player um you know being an artist and filmmakers it's all about being a team effort and 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 knowing how to um you know um go out there and 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 appreciate other people's work and they appreciate your work and they come on board to help you uh create your your vision uh because they believe in it as much as i believe in it and uh and you know that that is an amazing thing you know and uh, um when this is all done with the sequel we'll have a whole video game out i mean that that um, how much more can you say about that? All right. So the last thing I want you to tell me about Zombie with a Shotgun 2, um, how far have you gotten with it? Um, are you having like some kind of a fundraiser? Just yeah, we're, groups, everything. Yeah, we're starting with the Patreon first two months. We're trying to feel it out with the people. We totally get what's going on with the whole pandemic and everything. We're not trying to like you know, tell people to give us $100, $200. So we're starting off with $3 starting off as the lowest membership level. And it, and it is a monthly subscription thing. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, do it for one month, you can or whatever. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you much, everything helps. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter. Trust me, I, I've done campaign, excuse me, I've done campaigns for the zombie we're talking like five, six, six, and I can't tell you how many. And let me tell you, every single dollar helps. And that's how we're starting. So we're going to do this for a couple months. And then we're going to most likely go into a whole bigger campaign, like an Indiegogo. And there we, we're going to evaluate of where we stand and making the whole uh, sequel. Now, do you need the same amount of money? Because, I mean, you do you- is there anything you can reuse, like props and stuff from the first one? Or are you having to start all over again, all new stuff? Yeah, we may we most likely have to start all over. I mean, we just, you know, we got very small, you know, you know, props, you know, like, you know, of course, you know, gun props and stuff like that. But other than just, no, we got to start all over. New locations, new vehicle, uh, you know, new uh, makeup artists, depending who's busy and who's not. And um, yeah um it's okay uh you know that's part of the challenge it's part of uh what makes this uh fun okay and you still got the same god plan aaron absolutely as long right. as as i know yeah that's a, a key thing uh and, and you know and that's another thing of being blessed about it again you know not too many people you know work with indie filmmakers and they still want to do projects with them and that is the blessing of this whole project that i'm still work i got such great relationship with him that he's no matter what is in it i mean that's now you know you never know what happens down the road but as of now yeah he is he is zombie with a shotgun he's the main guy and he's awesome yes he is and i love the way you know he's a little different than the other zombies right Uh, yes he's different yeah and and you know you kind of get to see the trajectory and you know it's like oh he's looking a little different there oh he's looking a lot different (laughs) yeah yeah so but you know it's gonna he's gonna be in i guess maybe the final phase for the second movie the second one we are definitely planning to have him at the final phase uh we're we're still working it out there might be some like phases that he may go back uh of course for um you know uh uh fan favorite you know a lot, a lot of fans would love to see him how he looks also in the regular so we we he's most likely will be most of it uh zombified but he has to come back um um there is a way not to give it all away the story uh there is a way that he can go back to you know looking uh um human 
Um, but uh, he'll get back to being zombified. Um, and that to us feels that would be the big interest of uh, the sequel. Now, who did the prosthetics? I was really impressed. Oh, I was impressed with a lot of it, but especially like the prosthetic at the end where he's full. Yeah, it's a, um, uh, Ben Bernstein, which is a great makeup artist. He's uh, very known in the horror industry, uh, does very big films. Um, um, any horror motion picture that you can name, he's worked on it uh, as an assistant or as main makeup artist. Uh, and it happens to um, a friend of mine that in, in Manhattan, uh, Lower East Side, uh, introduced me to him, uh, where he also lived in Lower East Side. And uh, we got to, you know, got to talk about the scene. And uh, again, that was just a, 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 a crazy, amazing uh, experience, how he had agreed to come and do this little small indie horror film. All right, tell me anything else you want me to tell, tell me about the sequel? Uh, we have vampires would be introduced to the project. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so people like vampires, they'll want to jump on too. Yep, yep. Interesting. All right, well, when I put this up, I'm going to put your Patreon link and all that. I'm going to put everything I can find. Why don't you tell people who you are, where they can find you, blah, blah, blah. Sounds good. Uh, I I really want to say thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for, uh, you know, having this uh, go on social media and exposes, you know, more exposure is always the best thing. Um, And again, I tell people who they've never saw Zombie with a Shotgun, Google Zombie with a Shotgun first episode, watch it. If you like it, you will love the feature. Uh, The feature is uh, on Amazon. If you have a prime subscription, it's for free. And if you don't have an Amazon, it's also free on Tubi. Uh, it's also offered in Google Play and in YouTube. But if you want the thing to watch for free, Tubi is the best bet to go. Um, if you don't mind commercials, and again, I don't, but that is a place to, for you to watch Zombie with a Shotgun. <clears throat> and also, um, if you guys want to get contact with me, um, I'm always on Twitter. I'm on my two handles, which is my full name, which is Hilton Aria Ruiz which is Hilton Ariel Ruiz, all one word. And then zombie WA shotgun um, is my other handle. And those two I'm on, on a daily basis. You can ask me a question. You can follow me and I definitely will follow you. It might take a couple of days, but I definitely will follow you. And you can ask me anything there. And there you can also see all the updates about how we're doing on the sequel of zombie with a shotgun and also on my personal twitter i also talk about my other little projects and short films and other feature films i've done documentaries and stuff like that and again if you want to support um my patreon page is under my full name hilton area ruiz patreon and there there's a bunch of levels starting at three bucks you can be part of a uh, membership level where you'll be helping us create new content and of course the sequel of zombie with a shotgun Thank you. I appreciate you being on here, Hilton. No problem. Thank you.